0: All right, so now for the teaching. How many of you are hungry for God's word? I know I am hungry for the Lord's word, and I believe God has a word for us tonight. We're continuing in a brand new series that we began in the book of James. Pastor started it last week, and I'm going to be continuing with James chapter 1, verses 2 through 12, and this is going to be a two parter. So I'm going to teach half tonight, half next week, and this is called Turning Trials. Into triumphs, turning trials into triumphs. The bulk of the teaching that I'm going to do tonight is based on Chapter Two of the book called "Be Mature" by Warren W. Wiersbe, published in 2008, including the title and the outline that I'm going to use. The general outline. I quote Wiersbe so often that I thought I would just give a blanket credit at the beginning. Because his commentary on James is absolutely phenomenal. He's got so many good things to say. It's that good. All right, well, let's dive right in to the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 to 12. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider or count it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you will be perfect and complete needing nothing if you need wisdom ask our generous God and he will give it to you he will not rebuke you for asking but when you ask him be sure that your faith is in God alone do not waver For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Let us say a prayer. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word, which is life to us. And we pray that you would use these words, use this message, Lord, to bring us into a new place of maturity and a new perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you know what? I feel like in this time in our history as Christians, God is telling us to see things differently than we've ever seen them before, differently than what everyone would expect us to see things like I believe this statement, you know what? When the world gives you lemons, you make lemonade. You've heard of that? Well, it's biblical, all right? It's biblical. Pastors preaching a series on Sundays right now called Thriving in Chaos. This message tonight goes along with that same theme. Throughout the Bible, there were men and women that are highlighted because they were able to keep their faith in God during trying times and they were able to become victors rather than being victims how many of you want to be a victor tonight instead of a victim listen we are victorious in Jesus Christ even now it is possible to really live and live a full life in Jesus Yes, I said that. Even with all the restrictions, with all of the things that, are, that have come our way because of a virus in the world, we can still live a full life in Jesus Christ. No matter what the trials are and the troubles on, on the inside that we're having or on the outside, the temptations that we're battling on the inside, we can live victoriously by having a solid faith in Jesus Christ who is our victory. The process of believing and discovering who we are in Jesus Christ, you know what that's called? It's called maturity. Maturity. Living a victorious, full life is being a grown-up, while being tossed back and forth like a victim is a sign of immaturity. If we want to turn trials into triumphs, there are four imperatives found in James chapter 1, verses 2-12 to 12, that we must obey. I'm going to give them, all four of them to you right now, but we're going to deal with the first two. They are counting, knowing, letting, and asking. So let's jump right into it. All right, the first imperative, if we want to turn trials into triumphs, is counting. Having a joyful attitude. You see, our outlook determines our outcome. And our attitude determines the action that we take. Notice that God is plainly saying to us that troubles will come our way. It's not if they come our way, but when troubles come. This is a very important teaching because there are many false teachers and ideas that get circulated out there that say either directly or indirectly like in a veiled way that if we are victorious Christians we won't have any trouble that we will constantly be on the mountaintop victory after victory but we'll never be in trouble in fact they say that if you have trouble that something is wrong maybe that you just don't have enough faith you lack faith there's some sin in your life or maybe there's just some extreme enemy battling against you and so that's why the trouble is there well some troubles Let's be honest, we do bring them on ourselves. And absolutely, if we don't have faith in God, yeah, we're in big trouble, all right? We're open to all kinds of trouble. But James teaches us that troubles will come our way no matter what. This is the the plan of maturity. So we can't just judge someone because of the troubles that are in their life. That would be way off mark, that would not be biblical. Jesus warned his disciples this. He said, in the world, you shall have tribulation. All right, I know that's not something you would wanna repeat, but let's repeat that. In the world, you shall have tribulation. He's talking to you, Christian, in John chapter 16, verses 30, verse 33. Paul told his converts this, we must, through much tribulation, Enter into the kingdom of God. He said that in Acts 14, 22. So listen, there's going to be tribulation. It's a requirement that we go through it in order to obtain the prize. The enemy fights against us for sure. The world opposes us. We struggle with our own evil desires. Listen, for us, we live a life of battle, Christian. But what do we do with all of our troubles? James says this count. Now, he didn't mean like count to 10, although that's not a bad idea, all right? Maybe before you post that on Facebook because you're all fired up, just count to 10. Maybe you shouldn't post that, all right? Counting is a financial term, and it means to evaluate. It means to evaluate the priorities, the goals, measure how much time and attention you give to something. Evaluate it. Here, it means to consider the value of the trial or the troubles that you are facing. Do you ever think about doing that? I don't know what you're facing right now, but you may be facing a trial, a a trouble of some kind. But can you evaluate it? What good is this trial or this trouble for you? More specifically, James teaches us that our troubles should be seen as an opportunity for great joy. What? Is he out of his mind Listen, why didn't he say to count our opportunity, uh, count our troubles as an opportunity to blame some sin, blame some lack of faith, blame some curse that's being put on us, blame some enemy that's praying against us? Well, maybe some of that is accurate, but I got to say, some of it's accurate, but most of the time, 90% of the time probably or more, it's not. Therefore, it's not the point. The point isn't that. With the sin is there, or the, the somebody's praying against us, or there's a lack of faith. The point is that God's word focuses on our trials as an opportunity for joy that's the way the word of god focuses so whatever troubles and trials you have don't immediately go to what's behind it all this negative stuff this enemy that's against you but instead look at the trial as an opportunity for great joy in other words see what god is doing through your trial rather than what is behind it and some of the things and the forces that are behind it what does god want to do Through it, that's the opportunity for great joy. Did you notice it says great joy? Not just joy, but great joy. God wants us to be a joyful people. You know, when a rug maker makes a rug and you're a person that is putting it together, it's going to look messy. You're, you're not going to be able to distinguish the pattern very well. It's, it's, it's not going to be seen very well. And there's going to be yarn that's going to dangle and it's going to be in all different places. And you're going to wonder if something beautiful is even being created. But that's because you're focused on the wrong side. You're just looking at the underside. If you looked at the, the top side, you would see a beautiful tapestry, this beautiful rug being made. So this is why it's important that we are not quick to judge the work or the worker just based on looking at the wrong side listen we do a lot of judging don't we 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 judge the work that's being we judge the worker we judge people and and the things that are going on in their life so we need to be careful not to because God is making a beautiful tapestry when we face trials and troubles our first reaction needs not to be worried about what's behind it all but to count. Count. We must see our troubles through the eyes of what God is trying to accomplish in us. Do you get great joy out of experiencing God and how he changes your perspectives? Maybe that's not something you really thought about before, but God is working maturity in you, and that is an opportunity for great joy. If not, if you don't get great joy out of that, then maybe you're not counting. And no wonder you still feel like a victim. When you begin to live for, for what matters most, eternity, you begin living more like Jesus. The Bible says Jesus endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him in Hebrews twelve two. Our values, you see, will determine our evaluations. In other words, if we value comfort more than character, then yeah, trials are going to bother us. If we value material stuff and not spiritual riches, then we won't count troubles as an opportunity for great joy. If we live only for the present and we forget about the future, then, we, then our trials will make us bitter and not better. I want to see things the way the Lord sees them. So when trials come, troubles come, we need to immediately count have a joyful attitude to end with great joy you see we got to start with great joy as soon as the trouble comes great joy joyful attitude God you're up to something and in the end you will mature and get the lesson but how is this possible how can somebody be joyful in the middle of a trial in the middle of trouble How could they be joyful? Well, that that has to do with the second imperative, and that is knowing. Knowing, having an understanding mind. You see, Christians should be able to face trials and troubles because they know a few things. One of the things they know is that faith is always tested. We have to understand that. God tests us to bring out the best in us, to increase our faith. Just look at Abraham. If he were here today, we could interview him. Abraham, your faith was increased when God tested you. Tell us about that. You see, when God told him to sacrifice his son and just at the last second provided a ram instead, this is the way God grows us. Satan tests us, though, to bring out our worst. If Jesus is the teacher who tests us for the purpose of learning and to make us better students then Satan is the kid who offers us to cheat on the test and thereby robbing us of becoming a better student and putting us at risk. Both are testing you, but whose test will you focus on? I choose to focus on the teacher, Jesus, and focus on his test. You see, another thing we know is that testing works for us and not against us. Romans 8.18 says this, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later the apostle paul expounds on this very thought even more in second corinthians chapter 4 17 for our present troubles he says are small and they won't last very long isn't that encouraging by the way i think so yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and what will last forever. So you see the contrast? The trouble, man, it doesn't last long. It's just a small trouble. But yet God through that trouble is creating a glory, producing a glory that will vastly outweigh. In other words, it'll be way more valuable and it will last forever. Wow, what a way to look at The trouble that comes. So we know that it works for us, this test, and not against us. And then we also know that trials can help us mature when we allow them to. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 4 says it like this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. See, Paul and James, their messages line up perfectly. How can that be? Well, because their words were inspired by the Holy Spirit. He directed them. The word endurance in the New Living Translation can also be translated as patience. Patience in the Bible is not a passive acceptance of circumstances. Instead, it's a bold and courageous endurance, a perseverance in the face of, of trials and troubles. You see, mature people are patient and persistent people. Immature people are always impatient people. Impatience and unbelief, they usually go together, just as faith and patience do. You see, in Hebrews 6:12, the Bible explains it this way: it says, follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises. Why? Because of their faith and endurance or patience. Faith and patience. Patience is the key to every other blessing. And this is why God wants us to have it. And the only way that we can truly develop that patience, that endurance, and the character that God wants to give us is through trials. Yes, we can't gain it by praying We can't gain it by attending church. We can't gain it by reading some book or listening to a sermon or any other quick method. The only way to gain the patience, the endurance, and the character that God wants us to have is by living life and going through trouble, going through trial. That's how God does it. And every step of the way, God is faithful and God is with us. Knowing this, knowing the end result, we can face trials and troubles with great joy. Does that encourage you? Does that build you up? Does that give you new perspective and help you to see things differently? Listen, right now we're just listening, we're just learning. I'm preaching the message and we're just hearing it. I'm trying to encourage you, and you respond (laughs) that's encouraging me. And so, by the way, like what you hear and respond and comment. Share the post after it's able to be posted. And just spread the word of encouragement with one another. But I pray that you are encouraged. But the thing is, is that just hearing it, just studying it, just listening to the teaching like this, it's not going to mature you. The maturity part comes by living it, by going through the fire and allowing God to do the work in you. That's why it's so important, isn't it, to listen to our elders. It's so important to listen to the seasoned Christians that have come before us, to look at our leaders and just to look at the life they've lived and the things they've gone through. There's so much we could learn from them. There's so much things that we could emulate and look at in them that as God has, has brought them through these fiery trials and look to see the character that has developed, the endurance that has developed, that is admirable and that is something that we can look to why because we know the end and knowing the end makes all the difference focusing on the future focusing on the promises that makes all the difference it's not just about here and now it's not definitely about the past but it's about what god is doing now and in the future on your journey to maturity in christ will you count will you know Let me leave you with this challenge that I've taken from another great Bible teacher, Dr. John Phillips. He says this, patience is a farmer's word. They plow and they plant their field, but they have to wait patiently for the harvest. It's not there the next day. Patience is a photographer's word. When taking pictures of wild animals and nature, they must first find the right spot. They have to set up their blind. They have to set up their cameras. And then what? They have to settle down and wait for just the right moment. Patience is an astronomer's word. Their calculations tell them of an impending visit of a comet or the coming of an eclipse. But in no way can they hurry the process. If they want to see it, they got to wait for it. And they have to watch at just the right time. Patience is nature's word. A time exists in the ripening process of a peach or an orange when it has all of its various parts. It's as much a peach or an orange as it is ever going to be, but it's not yet ripe. And if the fruit is picked at that stage, it will be hard and it will be bitter. Impatience has spoiled the process. And finally, patience is God's word. God is never in a hurry. God's word... To us is what? It's weight. It takes time for the earth to complete its journey around the sun. It takes time for the tide to come in. It takes time for a child to grow into a man or a woman. And it takes time to bring a person to full maturity in Christ. And that's the message for us tonight. Is that if we want to turn trials into triumphs. We have to count. We have to know. Next week, I'll explain the final two imperatives found in James, and that is letting and asking.